0: Welcome to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance.
1: Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Morning, mate. How are you? Going well. Been down at uh, Warrnambool for most of the week, actually. Been doing our uh, community camp down there. Checked out the new... Boat ramp that um, had been resurfaced. Is so what? And how they how also extended.
2: I
3: think they extended the breakwall wall as well to try and help with the assist with the surge. Now the break wall is bloody those, long, mate. For those that aren't familiar, <laughs> we walked it. I reckon it was two k's out. <laughs> and was, two k's back. That's pre-season. Well, it was. Uh, it's extended now, so they're trying to stop the surge. Um, it still surges. Yeah, it's. But for those that aren't familiar with Warnerwall Boat Ramp. The surge isn't just like a surge that you think washes your boat up and forward a metre. I'm talking 10 Um, metres. Like, your car is underwater.
1: It's definitely all the day that we were there. Like, there was swell, but not massive. Um, And we had a bit of a break sort of between the um, clinics that we were running and the schools program. So, we snuck down there and we actually had a bit of a car. So
3: I I, I seen.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't bring me rod. Disaster. Red tip, early tip. Always have carry rod. Like was Especially era.
3: heading down to Warrnambool, it's a fantastic fishery down there, even so, land-based. Yes,
1: yes. So in the end, I was like, you know what, bugger it. I was with uh, Brady, Close, and uh, Jez, and uh, our PDM, Mark Worthington, and um, we thought, bugger it. Let's just go to BCF and actually get a rod. And then when you get in there, it's like I can buy a cheap rod, or I can buy something that I'm actually going to use
2: mm.
1: ongoing. So I end up getting a Stratic 5000, beautiful reel, and I went a longer rod. I don't like surf rods. Like off. But the you beach, to be able to cast, But I want to get my yep. good length in casting. Yep. So did that caught a couple of salmon? It was
3: it was good fun. Yeah, well, you definitely weren't gonna release the salmon you put on Instagram because those trebles got it nice and <laughs> nice and firm in the throat.
1: <laughs> you should have seen Jez with how much oh, it was like Hannibal Lecter There it was that much blood everywhere.
3: Oh he's a character old Jez. It's uh yeah. it's it's a fan spot has fantastic spot, warnable just an early report down there why well, you're down there, you should have taken the boat back because Kingfish, the sharks. Oh, I was saying that we had some um, fishing well.
1: Yeah, some local fishers saying exactly that. You, you should stay down for a few extra days. Um, let's get straight into it. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that you've that's happened to you whilst fishing, because oh. this lit up. Uh, our social channels during the
3: week. Not, not necessarily while fishing either, Pat. Like, worst thing to happen while being in the game. So you're including hooking the boat up at home. And my one is... Well, do you want to, The worst... You can go, do well, you want. you going to go first? Well... Do you want me to tell you my worst? No, I want to, I want to you hear yours. It. I want to hear yours, yeah. I reckon yeah. my worst stuff up is, one day at the front of my place, I was hooking my boat up. And I had it on the tow ball. and it was you know how sometimes it was just balancing on the tow ball? And I'm like, oh, I'll quickly nudge the car back. And I didn't have it on properly and the jockey wheel wasn't clicked in. I oh, know. And it fell onto the ground. And I obviously had to get it up onto the car. Could have broken
1: your leg if it was underneath it.
3: it well, it wouldn't take much to break these little <laughs> twigs. But I uh, ended up having to get the jockey wheel out of the car, which I've... No dramas. But it was winter and the mud was sinking on the things. I'm putting bricks down trying to like get it to... St- and it just kept sinking. And I, could, I literally had to ring... Uh, gibber at 5 in the morning to come over to help me because I couldn't get this boat up. Not sure how he was going to help me, but we ended up getting it up. But that was probably, I reckon, the most frustrating thing I've ever had happen. I didn't do damage, but that, I, I've been lucky, but I reckon that was nah. my worst. What's yours? Nah, nah, got you covered, mate. I mean,
1: in, uh, in Adelaide, I've bought a smuggler, 6.3. You might have heard this one. In board. Yeah, I've heard in this one. In <laughs> board. In board. Uh, and... You know, one of the important things when it comes to fishing yep. and boating are bungs. Mm. And what I decided uh, was to forget them. Uh, and this is not one of those, you know those boats that have like a, uh, a a keel that fills up with water? Yep. It's not that boat, but it did fill up with water. The I've, engine bay. <laughs> so launched it, <at, laughs> it was, launched at West Beach, holy crap. How long did it take? Well, I, you know, walking back and I had a few teammates and they're like, oh, is the water supposed to be there? I'm like, <laughs> me? No. Why did you tell me? Because I was talking to a few people up at the top of the ramp and then I've literally jumped in the water, jumped on the, in the boat, grabbed the bungs, jumped under, dived under the, put them in. The, um, the water and put them in underwater. And then I'm like, holy crap, this is an inboard. This is gonna destroy there's like six inches of water. So ta- long story short, take it straight to the nearest marine dealer.
3: Yeah, I'm tipping you didn't go out.
1: And then, No, I didn't go out and uh, a couple of grand later, it was a expensive lesson to learn, Aaron.
3: If I give you a quick tip before you play this audio, if you do leave your bungs out and your mate's got the car and like you can't you don't wanna tie it up to the pier because you're going to sink. It's going to sink quite quick. You, that little hole at the back will take water in like you wouldn't believe how oh. quick it comes in. It sucks it in. Unbelievable thing to do if if it's safe to do so. And I would say anywhere's safe if your boat's going to sink. <laughs> get it up on the plane <laughs> the, and go. Yeah, in circles. Just get it up and go and try and get it running back out of the boat. That's the the best thing to do if you do forget your bungs. And maybe not on an inboard, I but was say, a,
1: that's outboard. fine with an outboard. <laughs> Not we- and and the way the boat's set up, it's like the whole battery system as well. Everything's is under floor, and it's like my Godfather. Well, this I reckon
3: is I reckon what you're about to play here. I reckon this gentleman here may have you slightly covered because this is not- and this is a familiar one, but I don't think the dollar value that you're going to get here is as good as some other people have done.
1: This next story should serve as a warning to boaties and motorists alike. Make sure you are filling up in the right place. One unlucky person thought they were filling up their tank at a service station in West Pennant Hills, but they were only pouring fuel straight into the boat's fishing rod holder. The accident was not cheap, it cost nearly $600. Firefighters were also called and quickly cleaned up the mess. The video of the ordeal has gone viral online. Nearly two million people have seen it. Can
3: I just comment on that? Big
1: thanks to our uh, friends at uh, Channel 7. Was for that, Peter? that. No, Peter? No, it wasn't Peter. He's not Channel it wasn't Peter, 7. It wasn't Jane. Uh, it... Uh, yeah. Jackie. <laughs> it wasn't Jackie. So, big thanks to our friends at uh, Channel 7 News right. for that audio. So, now
3: let's, Not put, great, let's paint the it? picture here. It's, Not a Quint- great. it's a Quintrex or something along the likes. It's a trial craft. Trail craft. Okay. It's a small vessel. Yeah. It's five five, 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 five and a bit. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's be honest. It's probably got an 80 litre tank. Surely when you get to 250, <laughs> 250 <laughs> litres, you go, something's wrong.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't that the tr- reckon, He must have just gotten caught up with talking to someone. Until the and, f-
3: and this is a very very common mistake. A lot of people put f- yes like uh, fuel into a rod holder. They actually do. I'm surprised.
1: Like it didn't. Like they got 200 liters into it because the way trail crafts were built, they have the scuppers <laughs> at the back of the boat that allows water. Because they they're self training decks.
3: Well, if they went out fishing afterwards, well, let's just hope they weren't smokers. But imagine the
1: smell <laughs> in the. Oh, you're not catching fish
3: though. You would actually catch fish because they'd float and die
0: from the smell <laughs> of it. Uh,
1: the boat it wrecks the boat in terms of like you have to remove the carpet. You've got to look through the flooring. If it's timber flooring, it's going to have soaked into the timber.
0: Did you,
3: do you know something I found out that Gibbsy was telling me during the week is a very good friend of mine? He's a marine mechanic at John Marine World. Anything over, I think he said I think he said, 15 litres on the ground, fire brigade have to come.
1: Yeah, well, 15 for that, that was 215 litres. Do you know so. what I
3: put? in my boat the other week I put 15 litres of diesel in it in my boat yep um, just and I, I was at, it was a little while ago and I was, we might have spoke but I don't think we did actually no. I was having a so what did you I do I was having a rough day I was just feeling crap yeah you were having a it. rough day you just put diesel I in I just come own. to the boat and I'm I'm ticket was screwed and I shouldn't have even be been going out I just my car was diesel at the time and put it in and I'm standing there going something clicked gone 15 litres of diesel Bring gibsy straight away mate I've just put 15 litres of diesel in <laughs> And I've just freaked out thinking, Oh, here we go, here's ten grand and freaking out and trying to drain the tank out, etc. He goes, Oh, best thing you could do. I said what? He goes, How much did you put in? I go, fifteen liters. He goes, How much of the tank? I said, two hundred litres. He goes, Just make sure you fill it all with petrol right, with afterwards. Petrol. And he goes, Honestly, he goes, it might burn a little bit rich, it might have a bit of smoke. He goes, But that will lubricate everything. He goes, best thing you can do. So any recommendations out there.
1: I don't <laughs> think <laughs> let me put a caveat on that. Now, Gibsy, appreciate it, mate, appreciate it. We aren't recommending filling your petrol <laughs> boat. With I did not say fill? Boat. I
3: said I think it was like a percentage you gave me, but we'll watch. 50, we'll go fifteen litres out of a two hundred litre tank, so that works about well. So, um, about 15, and just, oh. just while uh,
1: we're on it, uh, Aaron's boat is for sale. <laughs> uh, it's got a wonderful engine, uh, hybrid runs on diesel <laughs> and petrol. <laughs> well,
3: well, it, worked, it uh, It's it's never missed a beat, and it's yeah. It, it, well, this was actually the engine before this, but it never missed a beat. So. Thanks for the advice there, Giblet. (laughs) Uh,
1: Your week in fishing, you had a beautiful little uh, tuna earlier in the week and then the the, whiting is still going quite
0: well.
3: Yeah, so we managed to, I actually, as you know, moved house and get on the water for a bit and went out I well, missed out on a great bite on the tuna. They went absolutely nuts. The charters were getting them in the, just after that rough weather, and I caught the calm weather, which is obviously what I sort of try and target these days. being an old age of me, Patrick, and you thirty one year old. <laughs> yeah, got some beautiful not not even that yet. Got some uh, beautiful tuna, and then the following day got some beautiful whiting and flathead too, and found another patch of eggs, squid eggs. Like, and big squid, like monster squid. Like, I, calamari. calamari. I don't, I'm trying to think. Like I have I didn't have a good look, but I don't think I've had eggs in February. Like it's. I, might, I may have, I can't remember, but nothing comes to my head. So yeah. it's a couple of patches too. So great calamari. And if you head over to the other side, Western Port, uh, the Kingfish still there. that has got a great run of bluefin. They're going better out of the Western entrance than they are at Port Phillip Bay Heads. Yep. They're on birds, mutton birds. Boat traffic at the moment. It was good during Pretty good. the week, yeah, it was yeah. good. It I was mean, people are starting to get back into work, aren't they? 100%. Like, it's settled down. not a lot time, yeah. Weekends, you're going to expect a bit going on, but you're going to have to expect that these days, but it's uh, weekends, bit of traffic around, but there's so many options to do. There's a few kingfish kicking around.
1: Can I just ask? So I was in – well, when, when I got went and got that rod, so I was in BCF and um, they had a, a sale of skirts, like, like four packs, five packs, um, versus like the Black Magic had – one skirt for 40 bucks yeah but the weight of the head is is obviously different can you talk to me about the like the weighted heads the weighted head versus oh i'm gonna get myself a four pack of these skirts because yep. it's way cheaper the, does the weight make a big difference
3: yeah it it does so like i i kane is bought out of a little company called reef thief and kane's a very good friend of mine and if you follow me on the socials you would have seen it he's one of my very close mates and he first bought out these lures, just to give you an example of how particular I am with weighted heads. Reef Thief is the brand, and the lure, he wanted barrel lures to run them, and they were those 10-inch lures that we standardly use. Yes. And I refused to put them in the water. I said to him, I don't like the weight of them. They weren't heavy enough. So what they do yeah. is they insert lead into the heads of them to make them hold in the water. Now, every head has a different purpose. We're not going to go into that. But for me, my natural feel of the, the weight of the head for certain – for, for barrels in particular, yeah. especially when you quite often fish them in rougher water, they're not going to get thrown out of the water to as much. They're going to bounce, yeah. And yep. I'm running these little Reef Thief ones, four inches at the moment, uh, that are that are for these school tuner and we're fishing them in rough water. But we're well, mostly running them on teaser bars. So the teaser bars is holding them in the water pad. They're not getting thrown out. They've only got this much, what's that, one point two say of a litre. So they're not getting thrown out too much. So they're working quite well. The teaser bars, you think about how much weight's in those, they're getting thrown everywhere with the wind, but the lure is still holding behind it quite well. So I think it's a personal preference on weighted heads. A lot of people will go weighted heads to an extent, but each head has a different purpose with certain weights for certain species of fish. If it's a slant head, they'll have weights in certain positions to make it bubble, to make it do different things. So they are important at times. For me, the cheap, crappy ones that you pick up, the 5 you might get five of them on eBay for eight, $18. bucks. they are not going to have any... Lead in them and limited fiberglass. Like
1: no, they, they, were pretty light when I put them in my plastic bag as <laughs> I got into the car.
3: They just and you, and you know what? Like I remember when I was a kid no, when were, I went. They were pretty light when <laughs> I went to Portland. We had these. We had these. We bought. I couldn't afford anything back there. Lordy, they were light. They didn't work. <laughs> I, I got out there. I might use
1: them as decorations on the Christmas tree this year.
3: That light. I bought these. <laughs> uh, I bought these on eBay. I'll never forget them. We still have them. I bought them on eBay and. We, they were like I said, something ridiculous, like maybe ten for twenty bucks. It was ridiculous, and we put them out. Inflation were, in there, mate, you can't. Make, <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably out three it, grand yeah? now. Yeah. We they they caught more fish than the other ones that we we're using for some reason. I don't know. Were, and it was quite like roughy days at we were fishing. I remember forget, and me and Gibber are like looking at it, going far out. Like why we literally spent all this money on lures and we're using these crap ones, and they're working. <laughs> times better than the expensive ones but sometimes it just comes down to it don't complicate it either yeah. but i do like lead weighted heads in certain lures especially for tuna fishing
1: we've got a massive show of real adventures coming your way this morning uh, after the break we'll find out what's biting in your part of the country and we chat chat to uh george from lotus caravans uh later in the uh, episode chris, later in today's episode chris, chris there Chris is there. Yeah, but, Chris Hemsworth? Uh, he's got one. I actually, I actually speak to George about Chris Hemsworth, uh, and I you were how you say you are speaking to Chris, like, how their, how their arrangement sort of got to, but the whole build process behind Lotus Caravans. I've just um, picked that one myself, so it's a really interesting chat. And obviously, the Caravaning Super Show Redmond is coming up in a couple of weeks' time, twenty second to the twenty sixth of February, uh, and we'll. Continue to sort of drip feed out the uh, the info around that uh, as it gets closer and closer. You're listening to Real Adventures.
0: You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine boat insurance.
1: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around. Thanks to Club Marine, you name it, they insure it. Now in Redmond, everything that's in your boat, gear, jet ski, trailer. They've got it covered. Let's kick off with New South Wales. Port
3: Hacking, calamari tender. Yeah, massive numbers too. They reckon that the uh, White Jig Patrick is working the best. Angers me when I see that. (laughs) White Jig. The White Jig. They don't need anything else. Just the White Jig. Put a black one on and see, there you go. It'll work too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, White Jigs in the Port Hacking working well on the calamari live bait. That comes to my head straight away because the Kings are offshore too. So a heap of calamari turns up, uh, you know what, eat those, yep. kingfish, and it's a great time to fish for those. Mulloway, there's, you, you've yep. heard
0: of a
1: couple of reports around some bloody big mulloway as well. Up to
3: 130 well. centimetres. So Is there's that donkers in the hacking as well, live bait too. So calamari would be a perfect bait for those. Uh, jelly beans.
1: Are you targeting them in the morning? Is it afternoons?
3: I'd be I'd be fishing them late arvos yep. into nights. Yep. Yeah, overnight. Mulloway, mulloway love night fishing. They just do. Yep. And... I well, don't love night fishing. They're like eating overnight, I should say. <laughs> and then you should love night fishing for them if you are a Motherway Fisher because that's the best time to chase them. And then, of course, the, uh, the North Bank 750 scratches. Uh, they're going well up uh, the East Coast. My heart rate's starting to go up. <laughs> the Marlin are going very, very good. I still hope you up don't and catch a
1: fish for five days.
3: At the way <laughs> it's going, Pat, I reckon if you were to take a pee over the back of the boat, you'd nearly get one. Really? Yeah, so it's fishing- going very, very good. Well, I wouldn't. So is this a competition
1: a bit... that you go in? I can't really no, I'm not quite doing, quite doing a
3: com- it. We do the Eden tournament, but I'm not doing it anymore. Um, You're not just going nothing... up for a fish. Yeah, we're going up a bit earlier. I've got a bit going on with the old ticker. I've got to get a procedure done on the 7th and that. So and that's when the comp runs. And we love supporting the Eden amateur comp who have the competition. And it's a fantastic amateur comp. It really is. And we'll t- we'll talk about it the lead up because I do love giving them a, a good pump up because it's a fantastic, fantastic competition. So... Make sure you do head to Eden in the start of March if you want to join that in. You can win like 500 bucks, and I think there's like 24 species, Pat. Fantastic. So 2500 bucks on each species, like 24 of them. Well, I was going to say that that might pay for half the fuel for a day. (laughs) What, in your boat? (laughs) Uh,
1: Queensland, the Bundy River, huge barrow was caught,
3: Redmond. Yeah, bycatch. Tiger mangrove jack. 130
1: centimetres this thing went. Yes. That's a big fish, mate.
3: It is massive. It is huge. I've seen the photo of it. A young, young kid had yeah. it, and it was a cracking crackin fish. That's uh, about as good as they get, to tell you the truth. That's a big, big barra.
1: There's also a great run of GTs in the Burnett River at the moment. Hard bodies have been the most successful. Uh, heading over to the west, Aaron's favourite charter, Jazz Charters. Uh, they're getting just bucket loads of kingfish. It is kingfish mayhem uh, at the moment, and there's, of course, been... Uh, decent snapper captures as well.
3: Speaking to Aaron Black too at the catch during the week, I've seen him there. He reckons that out off where he lives in that Perth metro region.
1: Yeah, the uh, what is it, uh, Dunsborough? Duns, yeah. head, head south. What was he saying?
3: What was he saying to us they were holding on to the back of the tinnies and grabbing crabs like they? Yes, he yeah, was getting too. dragged around. And he drifted off the back and he was grabbing crabs off the bottom. That's pretty cool. Holding on to the tinny, so that's over wherever you just said. Uh, well, and also the fads. What about the um. This was
1: this was shocking during the week or I think it was maybe early last week but the shark attack in the Swan River. Oh, I young didn't young girl. See anything of it? Yeah a young girl lost her life like just extraordinary oh, really? yeah was apparently driving a jet ski must have fallen off and has then been mauled so like absolutely shocking shows just how Many sharks work into that river system. Uh, metro wise, there's been dolphin fish on the Metro fads. They put so more fads into. In so
3: they put more in uh, uh, right up and down the coast. So they're, they're, they're a bloody terrific initiative, those fads. They yeah. catch so many fish. Yep. They, they're amazing.
1: How long do you need to wait before these fads are deployed where you feel like the fish are starting to, um, you know, you're starting to pay attention to it's, the fact that there's structure there?
3: It's pelagics. So it, they're pelagic, It'll be they really can quick. turn up at any time. Yeah. yeah. They're literally like, you got to, th- I'll give you an example. If you have wood floating in the ocean or a big bit of seaweed, for instance, they love it. You'll catch May and dolphin fish off it. Yeah. Things just, they just get attracted to anything on the surface or structure as such. Another example, Trapman Bermagui. He actually copped a fair bit of crap on social media from local boys or something, giving him bad grief about giving him reports out on social media. And he's now stopped this. Which is, I think, very disappointing. I don't like that. I no, think that's not should, good. That's how we get our no, report. I think he should still keep going with it. If you are listening, Trappy, I don't think you we want love him, you, Trappy. I, we do. So keep doing your reports, mate. Don't worry about the, the idiots. But is going to hate, he, mate, as the
1: once or he, always wise Taylor Swift said. <laughs>
3: You're coming back to his traps. So he drops his traps and moves them around quite actively because he's trap yep. fishing. Yep. And you literally go to Burmese, find a trap, and you fish on it, you'll get, you'll get dolphin fish. So that's how quick they work. And you've got to remember that they move. So the fat isn't going to catch a dolphin fish yeah, off not- South Australia <laughs> or the back of Port Augusta because it's just not going to work. Or Coffin Bay, it's just not where dolphin yep. fish necessarily are. But places that are Pelagic, Continental, Shelf, WA, and also the other way off New South Wales, like where I fish, they, yeah they, they do.
1: Speaking of South Australia, uh, blue swimmer crabs uh, have made a lot
3: of appearances around Wyala and Streaky Bay. Streaky Bay right is right a down. beautiful place. Beautiful place. I literally, I want. It's one place I want to go.
1: Cape Jervis uh, and Blue Morwong and the Nannies are on fire and heading further south. Redman, uh, Tasmania at the moment. Aussie salmon in the Derwent lures uh, working r- well, and it's no great science oh, we've, we've, around. Yeah, we've, you did the, say the lures to. You, you to did pick. say
3: further south, and that's. You missed the Tassie part in front of it. Oh, I said so Tassie. <laughs> we are lucky this is on record because I can go back to it. <laughs> so
1: small kings have uh, also been caught off uh, the Tasman Bridge. Uh, little uh, metal lures working really well, and that is. Oh, sorry. I'll, we might just so just quickly on the Vic front, Western Port v Port yep. Phillip at the I moment. I can go
3: even further, mate. I went about it before at the start of the show. I said to you at the start of the show what was going on. So let's go a little bit different off the top of my head. Lakes, some beautiful flathead getting caught as well. Snapper out of lakes entrance offshore. So, sorry, the flathead, but inside. flooded offshore too, Sandys, and then the snapper. And then you're moving right down into the Gippsland region. Kingfish at White Rock, all those areas where I went last year. And I stayed in refuge. We spoke about the trip I did. Beautiful trip. That's all fishing. Fantastic also. And then if you come back and skip sort of the western port, Port Phillip, and get down further past Warrnambool to Portland, Land based there, it would have to be the best fishery, I think, in my opinion, land based for fish shows The amount really? of kingfish that they're catching off the Portland break wall. Big coma. Cool, incredible. Oh, it just, they catch everything yeah, gummies, yeah. schoolies, like the variety that's there. I know some places you get specific things, like St. Leonard's Pier, for instance, you'll get squid. Yeah. <laughs> but this thing is great. Like, this thing is... The like, diversity. <laughs> the diversity is fantastic right now. Schoolies, gummies, you get seven gills there, rays, you get, like, and then you get whiting some days, and then the kingfish. The kingfish, to catch kingfish land-based consistently yeah, yeah. is amazing, so... And tuna. The tuna are just there as well. So I'm going to go with Portland being the hotspot. And the Kings and the tuna offshore Portland right up to the Julia Percy along the Minerva Reef through there, all that area is, is fishing very, very well. So there are your options, and if you do wish to travel, it's well worth it. You're going to have some great fishing.
1: That's the whip around, and that's what's biting around the country. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au.
0: You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance.
1: Time for All Aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. My special guest this morning for Real Adventures is George Jacewski. Who owns Lotus Caravans? I have picked mine up last week. I can tell you right now, there's 45 very jealous footballers at the Geelong Footy Club. George, thanks for your time this morning.
2: Good morning, mate. How are you
1: doing? I'm going well. Now, let's go back to the beginning. 2004, the business starts. But before then, tell me a bit about your own life's journey with work and, and how Lotus Caravans came about.
2: Yeah, um, it's yeah, some time ago now, I think dating back nineteen years or so to when we first opened. Um, look, I I was born and raised in caravan manufacturing and the last thing dad wanted me to do was build caravans and um the reason for that, um, you know <laughs> Dad Dad um, you know, successfully and unsuccessfully would um open businesses up and, you know, he through all different periods in the economy in the early days with um, you know, all economic, the economic changes. Um, yeah, we sort of like went from having, I was raised a little bit spoiled and then lost everything and we didn't really have much and then moved from home to home and, um, dad closed his business, went out, worked for someone else. Um, I was getting on the age of like 13, 14 and just to spend weekends with him, you know, working there and school holidays and, um, yeah, then we progressed. Didn't really love school, so left school a little bit early. Um, Went started an electrical apprenticeship because again, Dad said stay out of vans. You know, he didn't want me to, to to cycle and experience what he did. But that was the drive between you know where we sit today and and why I keep evolving is because you know I wanted to prove to him that hard work is um you know things can pay out. So I just kept pressing, and we we still do today.
1: It isn't an easy industry to conquer, particularly when there's one major player when it comes to brands, how did you go about, all right, I'm going to build caravans, but I'm going to build something that is, if you look at it from the external, it seems so over-engineered compared to everything else that this is going to be close to unbreakable. There's nothing that exists in Australia that's unbreakable, but in the van industry, um, this is as good as it gets. Why start there? Why not go the other way and, and, and build up in terms of, all right, let's go as cheap as we can get and try and crack the market in that sense. You went the total other end of the scale and built something as good as you could possibly make it from day dot.
2: Oh, Definitely. I think um, me as a person, um, in anything I do, I, I like um, good things. I appreciate quality. Um, but trying to find a fit in the market up against you know, it is a one branded industry. It was dominated predominantly by, um, you know, one huge player, which is Jayco Australia, and um, you know, and they're just absolutely enormous. So, obviously, the rest of the market, myself and other guys, try to find fit. So you come in and start to, um, say, okay, what do I stand for? What do I do? But as a as a young guy, again, we grew up outdoors. Uh, we spent a lot of time camping. Um, Off road was sort of like the benchmark, and there was only a limited amount of people doing off-road work. So it was probably the hardest way into the industry rather than just going out and building mid-range product and using average product and putting things together that are really, I suppose, um, on a lower price spectrum in the marketplace. Um, I just wanted the challenge, and my, my goal was to be the best in the industry. So, you know, being the best site to combine off-road, you know, the quality that I wanted to incorporate in the vans and then the engineering come up for years. but um, it was really – you're limited in this market to, to coming in. So as a volume guy, you're not really going to fit. So to be good, you've got to be great, and that's what we've tried.
1: In terms of those that look at caravan and go, I- I'm too nervous around towing something that big, what advice do you have for people that are on the outskirts around, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen, but I just worry I just don't have the experience around towing, it looks massive, um, what advice do you have for people looking to get into caravanning but are unsure yeah. on the nerves around towing?
2: Yeah, look, I think, again, making sure you're buying the right product. Look, the amount of work and development that I've gone through on counterbalancing weights on vans from day one, like getting a foot van to balance out, have the right amount of ball weight with the right of, you know, when you're loaded. So a dry van versus a loaded van is two different towing vans um so again when customers are going out there i think buying experience is a big thing and knowing the product that they're looking at uh firstly and believing in it and 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 seeing the channels they've gone through speak to customers like our reviews would be awesome on towing we i don't recommend i don't necessarily go out and go to people you need any sway controllers and again if it's reassurance at the back of your head it's a safety item put it on there um it's a benefit when it comes to insurance it drops premiums and stuff but again i spent a lot of time. A bit like when I do a lot of car racing, so weight split is a is a big thing. We understand that. And getting caravans, buying the right product. The most common problem I see um, when even people come in the yards and pick up vans is not setting up their vehicle correctly with the right suspension. Um, you know, whether it be airbags or upgraded coils or upgraded leaves. Um You don't want. as Soon as you see the van starting to sag the rear of the car, you start to lose steering. Then you start to be affected on the highways when you're getting trucks bypassing and side winds. So, again, setting up your vehicle is just as important as buying the right caravan. So, that's a common mistake I see, but if you can put them two together, um, you know, I think it's um, it's not hard. You can go out and do towing courses, but short trips out to long trips. So, if you're nervous, limit your first travel to 100 kilometres and then just, just increase your trips. And, um, you know, I've, I've worked with new guys that are scared to tow and we go up the road and I'll overrun the brake controller and jam it on. So they understand. So it's just experience and timing. Yeah, small trips leading into larger ones. It's easy.
1: How over the past, particularly the past five years, how has the car industry in Australia changed what you do with K Because what we've seen over the last few years has been an influx of these large American-based utes that all of a sudden have this far uh, higher towing power. Because for so long in Australia, unless you imported a car from the States, we were limited to a Land Cruiser, you're going a to tow upgrade, and, and there's not too many other options apart from you know, purchasing a truck. We've seen that influx. Does that change? Will that change the way that you manufacture vans, the size that you produce, what you put in it? Because obviously you know, these aren't 500 one-tonne kilo vans. These are, these are serious weapons with a huge amount of inventory that goes into them.
2: Yeah, definitely like I think we we run something like twenty nearly twenty odd different floor plans. We have probably one of the largest family range series in the marketplace where prior to the big trucks coming in, you know, your twenty two foot limit was sort of like where we start you know, where vans would end up with, you know, adequate options to go out there and build a outback off road or even a touring van. With the big trucks, what we're seeing is we can now endeavour into twenty four foot, twenty five foot again you know it is very hard because everybody gets online and does a little research and wants the biggest amount of power sources and the most amount of water but I think it's um definitely the American trucks have allowed more luxury on the road um and they're absolute you know work when it comes to towing so the biggest thing I've seen and I've had a lot of the F trucks and I'm currently driving the brand new round series cruiser and each car is a different application but when you're driving a big American truck and you're towing some of these big 25-foot vans, it's, it's a bit like having a Land cruiser with an 18-footer on the back. So it's, <laughs> they're all hand-in-hand. Hand. They work really well.
1: The other thing that's changed, obviously, when it comes to weight, has been the advancement in lithium batteries. Um, Monster Power has been an introduction to Lotus uh, over the last sort of 12, 18 months. My system in my van is 900 ant lithium power, which is quite extraordinary to those that are familiar with it. That's been a big game changer in terms of living off-road and travelling Australia, that you don't need to have a generator sitting in the front of your van anymore. You can go off-grid for for weeks on end.
2: Oh, Definitely. That's that's probably one of the biggest things we have seen um, is the amount of changes. When a lithium initially come in, it was an advantage to to the weight of the van because we substitute three AGM batteries for one lithium, and we'd save fifty kilos. But now, people are going out wanting to live off grid more, not wanting to take the generator, wanting to pull up, run the aircon air straight off the lithium power for two three hours. Um, and something like your system, we've had data back on, like we've almost had, I think, thirty six hours of near um, operating of you know, having the aircon operating on that that battery system. So it's crazy. Again. Um, it's just, again, you've got to build your van around your travels. But, you know, if you wanted something to, to go explore the country and, and you had the payloads and a tow vehicle for it, well, the Monster Pack is definitely the energy source to, to, to put into your product.
1: Those that travel Australia, it, it's changed vastly from, you know, 20-odd years ago and the grey nomads and those that are buying vans and touring the country are retired in 65-plus. We've seen a huge change uh, in that it is now young people that are buying um, their off-road vehicles, they're doing them up, and they're taking their vans right around the country. Um, it's not hard to find an avid following uh, of, of Lotus owners that do exactly the same thing. Is that an exciting thing to see from your perspective, younger people getting in to seeing the outdoors, buying your vans, and and exploring places that, People just once would never have taken their caravans.
2: Oh, definitely. See, seeing the industry from <clears throat> and the clients I've been dealing with since two thousand and four, and 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 the, and the early years, it was dealing with nomads or, or the older audience, and um, just seeing that transition into families, and I think a lot of that has been influenced by I think, the social media platform of such young families going out there. A lot more people seeing it's it's you can do it. Um, people are doing it, so. Um, again, it's just people getting out there making memories. There's the options. I think COVID was another massive contributor towards, you know, recent years to bringing more families into the game. Um, but we we've seen the, probably the last five years it's been a massive growth in in family vans across the board across the industry. Um, and yeah, it's it's deep. we've got people that live out on the road and they're homeschooling and, and just choosing different ways of life as well. So. There's definitely different options in the way you can um, live these days.
1: The the one of the things that I love about um, what you've done with the range is you, you personally experience a van for at least twelve months before it goes into circulation. Can you tell us the reasoning behind yep. that? Obviously, you love I know you love Yilda in the high country. It's where you spend a lot of of your time um, when you do go yep. off grid and you go travelling with the family. Um, that's an important part of, of you as an owner of the whole business actually experiencing what every uh, make and model, you know, gives the consumer.
2: Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, we, we, we do spend time up in the high country. Um, obviously, we're limited to time away from work. I'd love to spend more time in the Australian outback, <laughs> um, Unfortunately, we, we've got to build these orders out, Tom, um, the reasoning between me using a lot of the products over the years, and when we release something new, is getting the van to tow right. And safety is a big factor, and this is where, again, um, and again, you can speak to multiple customers in, in you know, our re- in even our retailers, our dealerships across the country. Our vans, loaded or unloaded, generally tow better than most units out there, and that's and that's the main highway. my way. So everybody talks about an off road product. Know, airbag suspension and you know it's got these shocks and we've got an aluminium frame we've got a timber roof and we've got this and we've got that but you spend 90, 90, 90% of your time on bitumen roads and it's the most dangerous highways you're driving on in some cases with, with trucks and, and just you know Aussie wildlife running across the road so getting vans that, that tow correctly that's probably the main reason I try to trial every product I use and putting it behind whether it be the big truck so I run a cruiser and um, at the moment, I'm running a, a 2,500 Silverado. Um, so I run F trucks, and i get them behind. So i put the right van on the right rig, get behind, put it under braking, uh, get it under wind. You, you, you just try things, and getting the wheel positioning and the balancing right is probably the biggest factor. So I know I'm putting people out on the road, and they're going to be safe. That's That's the main reason behind what I do.
1: Now, the Victorian Caravan Camping and Touring Super Show is uh, on its way, uh, 22nd to the 26th of February. Lotus is going to be there. What can we expect from the range uh, at the Super Show?
2: Oh, we've just got, I think we've got near 26-odd vans on display. Um, Might be 27. Um, I'd have to do a final count. But it is one of the largest settings, but we have, like in them vans there, nearly every van has something different to offer and floor plan and family options, two-birth options. Uh, we've got new features. There's a new 23 model look. Um, and just the reputation we've earned over years. Like it's hard to be good. Like we've been around for 19 years. It's good to be – it's easy to be good if you've been around for five years because you don't have as much product on the road and your reviews aren't as high. But when you've been around for 19 years and conquering the Outback and keep growing strength to strength every year um, – Yeah, I think we can, you know, you'll come out there and you'll see why we're one of the best quality products in the country and offer some of the best unique floor plans. You know, anything from a, you know, a small 17 foot 6 tandem that we've just recently built that's new to the market. I don't think I've seen any, right up to our new triaxle van. So, yeah, it's, there's an exciting range to come out and see, definitely.
1: If you're unable to get to the touring super show, you can head to Freestyle RVs, uh, 816 Cooper Street in and Victoria, if you want to go through the whole range of Lotus Caravans as well. Um, probably the most well-known, before we let you go, probably the most well-known Australian globally at the moment is Thor, Chris Hemsworth. How the hell did you get yep. him in a Lotus Caravan? Because when you've got someone that is... On a global scale like that, who is obviously Australian, loves Australia, loves the outback, loves um, adventuring. We've seen his new series on uh, Apple Limitless, which is quite extraordinary. Um, He loves the brand, he loves the van, his his family loves it.
2: Yeah, um, look, I think the connection with us is um, Kay Morley, who's our national sales manager. Been selling Lotus for the last eight years. He's a he's a good mate. he lives in Queensland. He's a surfer. I don't know if they met out in the water or out in the pub, but they've had a, a relationship for a few years. And um, yeah, he sort of like sitting back and said, "Oh, you know, I want a van. We we get up, uh, they get up and get some coastal camping in. They get to some remote surf regions. I think he just wants to get away from human life. So we wanted a, an off road van. And you now we've had a few chats over time, but that that was how we really formed the relationship. So it was pretty casual. He's a very lovely guy, very easy to deal with. Um, not very high demanding. And um, yeah, when he wants a new you will be in touch and we might touch base once a year, but otherwise change, our, change the, the partnership between, you know, Lotus Caravans and uh, this Emperor.
1: It's not where when you've got the God of Thunder representing the brand. Um, George, thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, having picked up my trooper last week, I haven't actually got my kids out of it yet. They've spent pretty much the whole week <laughs> sleeping in there the night before school, which has been, um, it's been interesting in itself, but, um, we're looking forward to, to taking that away throughout the footy season and of course in the off season. Um, thank you for telling us the story of Lotus. Um, your passion for the brand is, is so clear to see uh, and the quality there is simply none better uh, on the marketplace. And that's talking to owners and talking to people that travel around Australia. Uh, you must be very proud of the brand. Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning.
2: Thank you very much, mate. Enjoy and uh, good luck in the season ahead.
0: That was Red's review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance.
1: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It is time for Red's tip and I'm taking it this week. Oh, righto. Yep, the uh, I've got a new caravan. I've got a Lotus Trooper. Pat,
3: we know you've got a new caravan. We've seen it. Mate, on I love it. You're excited. Oh,
1: eh? I am so it's excited. No one
3: else is because we're annoyed. We're over it.
1: Well, I'm looking for a. <laughs> I'm going to get a car topper now. So I'm in the market for a car topper. I'm thinking around three seven with a fifteen to twenty horsepower. Something that's light enough that I can pick up and carry. But I've got a caravan, Aaron.
3: How's your pre season been? <laughs> North Bank Five <550? laughs> Fifty. I was so tired during the week.
1: Anyway, uh, the Tip for this week. Distracted, just sorry. <laughs> is a is an adapter a drive socket adapter? So rather than winding down your stabilizing wheels on the van, <laughs> this
3: comes back get, to pre season, Patrick. <laughs>
1: get get yourself a square drive socket adapter. They're like I bought mine from Bunnings. It was like a three pack for twelve bucks, um, and I'm sure you get it super cheap in Repco and those sort of places. But all of a sudden, plug that in the drill, bang, 19-inch socket, that down. So you can put all of the uh, the stabilizing wheels down in less than a minute, versus having to wind it down with the um, like a spanner or a um, what are the uh, what are the cross-section wheelie mid thingies called? <laughs> you know the midjiggies. You put them. It's like a crossbar. What under, your, under the car?
3: Yeah, for your your wheel brace. Yeah, thingamajiggy. Is that yeah. What we call we'll it? go with that. We're not Patrick. You're
1: talking this to the wrong person. This is,
3: this is where we're at with Patrick. I don't even. I, they don't have left-handed hammers. <laughs> How am I meant to?
1: <laughs> well, this replaces the thingamajiggy that you use to change your tires with. Uh, it is a drill socket adapter, and it's got the different sizes. That's it's a different it's cracker. Yeah, different sizes like mine. The mechanism on mine's a 19 socket. So the new car I got,
3: there's a lock on the um, on the wheels, and they gave me the key for it, and I don't know where the keys. Oh no! <laughs> so it's time now for the oh, flying no. gaff, and I'm going to steal. Disaster. I just won't get a flat. It's time now for the <laughs> flying gaff.
1: Yeah, what's a Murphy's law? I'm Anything my... that can happen will oh, happen. I
3: don't know where the key is. It's, I mean, I'm hoping it's in the glove box somewhere, but I looked and I didn't see it. At least you have just moved know, house. And you, you've
1: only owned it me. for like, uh,
3: you know, you've owned Five it for days. ages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, flying gaff's going at me. I'm gaffing myself.
1: What? I thought you were you were very yeah. unhappy during the week well, about this Indian
3: pitch. The Indian pitch I wasn't happy with. You can't, You're furious if you the were. The Aussies got done for sandpapering. These guys have pretty much sandpapered They the have docked it. They have watered patches Virat
1: of ha- it. Virat has taking has taken.
3: <laughs> they have literally watered patches of the pitch, and because we've got a seven lineup batting team with left-handers, and so they've watered one side because they've got left-arm bowlers. Yeah, and it's done. It's doing. It's one. You are not happy,
1: are you? You know we need, um, You know who we need back? We need Shane Keith. He'll put him into bowling, bowling those leg breaks that just bang. They wouldn't be doing it then. Exploding them, would they? off the surface. Nah no, I'm back I'm back in the goating to have a good series.
3: Yep, yeah, rem two and, and I'm back in uh I'm back in well, I was gonna say Travis Head, but he got delisted, so he's done.
1: Nah, Our, our you Man. You go in Kwaja. No, man. Well sorry. Oh, Alex Carey. Alex Carey. Yeah,
3: yeah, Alex Carey. Can I gather myself quickly? Go ahead. I uh Backing down the ramp, Robbie backed me down the end of the week. I'm driving the boat off. We're trying to drive the boat off, I should say. Didn't take the straps off on the back. Oh, yeah. I took, but this is the the gaff part. I took, I took
0: took one off
3: and not the other side. I don't know how I did it. And they come (laughs) with the buckles, so they're easy to put on. You know, if that was someone else... I look like an absolute idiot, Patrick.
1: If that's someone else at the ramp, you are huffing and And puffing. You are walking up
3: and down the line and you talk, these idiots at the ramp. You are one of them, mate. You can call me a dick. (laughs) I'll accept it. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I literally took one off and I I said to Robbie, I said... I've taken it off, mate. I literally took it off. I said, hey, go back a little bit deeper. And he goes back a bit deeper. I rev a bit harder and the boat, <laughs> I'm like nearly going up over the top. I've gone, Robbie, I don't reckon I'm taking the other side off. I definitely took one side off. And he goes, how do you take one side off? I said, I don't know.
1: I hope there was like an old codger
3: down there. you just got to take <laughs> the scrap off. Oh, then. you would have got to sink a throat. Scrap the show then. off. i am going to go fishing.
1: Thanks for your coming to this morning on Real Adventures. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next week.